You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about the Enneagram, specifically our experience as Enneagram 8s. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I am feeling really concerned about COVID again for the first time in a while. Mm -hmm. I think recently on the pod, we've talked about how nice it's felt to see friends and family who are vaccinated. And I have heard some scary stories lately about breakthrough cases of the Delta variant of COVID, even in vaccinated people. And that is not feeling great. I just feel really worried about it. My anxiety is really high. I'd also like to offer to any listeners who have maybe not gotten the vaccine yet, who have concerns or questions about the science, if you want to send us an email, I will do my best to answer those. Just wanted to put that out there just in case. What's new with you, Sarah? We are less than a week from the start of the school year. Schools start very early here in the first week of August, and I'm just feeling really grateful for a wonderful summer. We made a summer bucket list as a family, and we've crossed off almost everything on it. We still have backyard camping to do, Mm. which is not a thing I do. I spend time alone in the house reading while Neil camps with the kids in the backyard. Love it. Love it. If we're not out in actual nature, not worth it for me. But happy that he is ready to take on that. And I think Mm -hmm. they're going to try and squeeze that in this weekend. It's been great. I'm looking forward to the start of the school year, but it is nice to look back on the summer and feel like we really made the most of it. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest read? I recently listened to Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu on the recommendation of my aunt. And this is about Willis Wu, who's an actor in LA. He's used to playing generic Asian characters, but then Mm -hmm. his star is on the rise throughout the book. This is a really interesting format. I think it's written like a screenplay where they Mm. set up the scene at the beginning of each little vignette. Mm -hmm. And then you hear the story in this context of generations of Asian immigrants who are actors in Hollywood, including his immediate family, but then also the community in which he lives. But then that's in this larger context of racism and ageism. And I found it really fascinating. It's a short little book, so it was a really quick listen. And this is one that I would recommend, but I honestly wish that I had read it Mm -hmm. rather than listen to it, because I think the format is so much of the book, and I think some of that was lost in just hearing it rather than seeing it and reading it myself. Mm -hmm. But this one is definitely different from what I normally read, but worth reading for sure. Yeah, sounds fascinating. What have you been reading, friend? I finished Let's Talk About Hard Things by Anna Sale. The author is the host of the podcast Death, Sex, and Money, which I know you've been a big listener of and have Mm -hmm. talked about on the podcast before. And I've heard a few episodes and have loved all the ones that I've heard as well. This is basically the concept of her podcast in book form. It's divided into five sections, death, sex, money, family, and identity. In each section, she explores how to have hard conversations about each topic. And she interweaves stories from her own life and interviews with folks that have unique perspectives on each topic. Mm. She does a really wonderful job 
at pulling together threads from different stories to create a coherent narrative, which made it very enjoyable to go through. And this isn't a dislike for me because I really love reading about sad and hard things, but it is a really heavy book, especially Mm. the first chapter on death. So be prepared for that going in. I would absolutely recommend it. It was a great look at how to be honest and vulnerable with the people closest to us. That weaving the narrative thread that you are talking about that she does, I think is one of her strengths that I've always appreciated as an interviewer on her podcast. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to listen to this one. Yes. Our topic for today is about the Enneagram personality type and specifically our experience as Enneagram 8s. Let's start by giving a basic overview of what the Enneagram is for any listeners who may not have heard of it. The Enneagram is a personality model which was developed in the 1960s. There are nine personality types named fittingly one through nine. (laughs) And according to the Enneagram, we all have one dominant type that we're born with. We both identify as type eights, and one of the parts of the Enneagram is each type has a basic fear and a basic desire, and that's one of the defining characteristics of each type. So the basic fear of eights is being controlled by or harmed by others, and the basic desire is to protect themselves and be in control of their own life and destiny. And some character traits and things that stand out to me are being justice-oriented, stubborn, willing to fight for what they believe in, the opposite of insecure, (laughs) and confrontational. Mm -hmm. I also identify with those traits. (laughs) (laughs) The Enneagram Institute is a great resource for all things Enneagram, and some of the things they listed there were a type 8 is self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And one final quote before we get into our own experience as 8s is, also from the Enneagram Institute, and it said, although they are usually aware of what other people think of them, they do not let the opinions of others sway them. Also correct. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you hear about the Enneagram, and did you immediately recognize yourself as an eight? I first heard about it from a book club friend years ago, back when I was in graduate school, And she talked a lot about it in relation to herself and her family. She has three daughters, Mm -hmm. so she would often Mm -hmm. be talking about her girls and then say, and -and so-and-so's this. And so Mm -hmm. I got really curious about how that helped her relate to her family. And so I took the test. I actually took the paid test through the Rizo Enneagram Institute. And I tested initially as a two. But then when I read a bunch into it, it turns out that it's not uncommon for people who are socialized as women to identify as twos when they're really eights. Thus began my journey to embracing my (laughs) eightness. Love it. I also first heard about the Enneagram from a book club friend, and this was back in Austin with my book club there. One of the women in the group had read a lot about the Enneagram and was very knowledgeable and passionate about it. And we were discussing a book that I loved, but most of the others did not. And one of the things I most loved about it was the dark sadness of the book, Mm. which made my Enneagram-loving friend say she thought I might be a four. And I was like, four? What's a four? I do not know what you're talking about. At which point, she proceeded to get out a giant book about the Enneagram, and then everyone sat around discussing their types. Mm. 
And so based on that conversation, I thought I was a four. But as I did more reading about it, I saw that I am an eight who just likes to explore all the feelings and the depth of the human condition. What do you like most about being an eight? I really enjoy not worrying too much about what people think about me Mm -hmm. and not usually feeling inferior to anyone. When I worked at Duke, I had a very smart, very high-powered boss, and I think a lot of people were afraid of this person. A lot of people had a lot of questions around interactions with this person, and I really never, ever felt like that. I always Mm -hmm. felt like I was equal to this person, that this person was lucky to have me working there, (laughs) and that if they didn't realize that or acknowledge it, then that was on them and not about me. (laughs) So I think that has served me well because that was a really toxic workplace. And I think it was hard in a lot of ways, but it could have been a lot more damaging if that had not been my outlook. Right. I also think that my directness is a strength, both in close relationships and in settings like workplaces or my kids' schools. Mm -hmm. I also have loved leaning into the more justice-focused aspects of my eightness. And that's something that I have come into more as I've gotten older, but that I really like and want to cultivate in myself. And then finally, I like that I'm loyal. I like that too. What about you, Sarah? What do you like best about being an eight? I really love the confidence. I like who I am. You can take it or leave it. I don't feel like I need to explain myself or my choices to other people. Mm Mm-hmm. And the sense of freedom that comes from that is huge. Oh, yes. Agree. And I think that's something I've grown into, but also something I felt growing up. Mm. The examples I can think of are when I was in middle and high school, and there was always the quote-unquote popular crowd and people jockeying for position throughout the school. And even as a 13-year-old, I just remember how clear it was to me that I did not want to be friends with those people, mm. that they were not kind to one another and were not good friends, and that I would much rather have friends who are truly friends and honest about who they are and see me for who I am. Mm. And I'm so glad that I had that sense of self, even at a young age, to know what I wanted and who I wanted to be interacting mm. with. I really love that you picked up on that so early. I think that that was harder for me and that that is something that I have leaned into more Mm -hmm. as I've grown up. And I would say also, when I am not feeling as mentally healthy, this is a harder one for me. That Mm. insecurity is kind of a signal to me that if I'm feeling insecure, then there are other things going on in better ways in which I can take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Because... That is not really who I am, but it does sneak through for me sometimes. Yeah. Another time where I have really appreciated that confidence and sense of self was as I was going through breast cancer and needing to make decisions around having surgery and that it felt clear to me. And that's not to say that I didn't have many long conversations talking in circles endlessly Mm -hmm. as I was trying to do that because that is very much part of my process. But... I felt so sure of what I was doing, even though it wasn't the most common choice to make. Mm. And even when people, including people in my family, thought that it wasn't the right call initially, just knowing that's fine. 
not everyone has to agree with me. It's my choice and my body, and I feel good about moving forward. Yeah. I also really love being determined. I am not the best or naturally talented at a lot of the things that I try, specifically in the athletic arena, Mm. but I feel like the combination of stubbornness and determination makes me want to work as hard as I can to improve and do the very best that I can. And I love that competitive side of my nature, but in the end, it is a competition with myself to see how far I can push myself physically. And one thing they talk about with eights is having these large physical appetites and expressing a lot of things physically. Mm -hmm. And I don't relate to that in some ways, but thinking about how I interact with my body and in sports, I do. Hmm. And this conversation had also made me really appreciate having you as a friend and a fellow eight, (laughs) because Neil is very much not an eight, and it is so lovely to send a text to you when I'm feeling the burn it all to the ground feels and know (laughs) that you can relate and will support me in all of the intense emotions in a way that my very rational and calm spouse has trouble connecting with. Yeah. I have loved you embracing your eightness alongside of me. And I'll say that I think I have a disproportionate number of people that I connect to really deeply. Mm -hmm. Some of them are close friends, but some of them are people that I've only met a few times. But every time we're together and we figure out that we're eights, I just love it. (laughs) (laughs) What have you found to be the biggest challenge of being an eight? Definitely for me, the biggest challenge is accepting subpar leadership. I do not do well with following people who do not seem like they have their act completely together. Or if I feel like I could do better leading a project than they could, Mm -hmm. I think in some ways that has held me back career wise because I have no desire to be a part of an organization with questionable leadership. And so I'm less likely to want to be part of an organization. Mm -hmm. And I also think that's hard because I'm not good at hiding it. I think it's very Mm. clear what I think. And when I think something is being handled poorly or when I think leadership is subpar, my directness comes out Mm -hmm. and I'm likely to make suggestions and not be quiet about things. And I think that a lot of times that is interpreted as troublemaking, even though yes. it's me wanting things to be improved rather than wanting to destroy something. But I'm also in the camp of if we need to destroy something to make it better, <laughs> let's burn it all down. Yep. Somewhat related to this is the insight piece. I feel like things I've read about eight says that they're insightful or they often know what people think about them. I think that maybe was something that you read at the beginning. We often understand what people think about us, even if we don't care about it. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes insight can be challenging because it's not easy for me to just be surface with people. I feel like I get a pretty good Mm -hmm. read on them, Mm -hmm. both who they are and what they think of me pretty fast. And so continuing to maintain some semblance of relationship or courtesy or whatever when they are not offering that back or aren't interested, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, I don't care to be friends with you either. So, (laughs) And I think sometimes, even if they feel that way, 
if we could stick it out, we could get to a different point with that, especially in workplace relationships or places where you're sort of forced together with parents of your kids' friends or things like that. I think that if I didn't feel so strongly on giving up on things (laughs) when they're not working, Uh that maybe things could be more productive or fruitful or whatever long term. That makes sense. What are your challenges of being an eight, Sarah? I find it hard to be vulnerable and trust others. I can think of many situations where I didn't say what I truly thought because I didn't fully trust the person that I was with. That said, I have no shortage of amazing friends throughout my life and many people that I did and do trust. But I remember in high school being amazed by the things people would share because my circle of trust was so small Mm. and I would not have shared that same level of emotion or personal information with a broad circle. I think that this has gotten easier as I've gotten older and more confident in myself. Now I worry so much less about, oh, what if what I say to them gets repeated because I stand by what I say, can (laughs) slap my name on it. Anything I say and put it out there. (laughs) Yep. But I think as a teenager and young adult, I I felt connected with my own emotions and didn't hide from that, but I was not interested in sharing that with very many people. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Another challenge for me has been recognizing that other people don't see debate as caring. (laughs) If I don't care about you, I won't engage in the conversation. To Mm -hmm. me, engaging, even when it's intense, is a way for me to show that I respect the other person enough to have the conversation and to see where we each stand. I like to put it all out there and then I'm ready to leave it behind and move on. I am not easily offended at all. I can recall numerous times when after what I thought of was a friendly, lively discussion People have texted me with, I hope I didn't offend you. And I'm like, what? Offend me? Of course not. Wait, (laughs) should I be worried I offended you? Was that too much? (laughs) And I think not being offended easily is a great strength of an eight, but not recognizing when you've offended others is a weakness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally identify with that. To me, it does feel like you're honoring the other person and your relationship Mm -hmm. with them by being willing to have conversations, even if they might be hard. And I have been really hurt in the past by people close to me who just refused to talk about things, Mm -hmm. who just dismissed it or wrote it off or said, oh, we're just going to agree to disagree. Mm Because to me, that really doesn't work. Yes. Are there parts of being an eight that you don't connect with? You know, it's so interesting you talked about vulnerability because I really don't feel like I struggle being vulnerable with people. I don't know if part of that is being an extrovert. Mm. And so my emotions are much more out. I'm much more willing to share with multiple people. Mm -hmm. Or if I don't understand what vulnerability is and I'm actually bad at it. (laughs) That may be true too. (laughs) I think one way my lack of desire to be vulnerable has shown up is in my hesitation initially to start therapy. Mm. When I imagined going to therapy, I felt like, why would the stranger ask me personal questions? I don't want to tell them what I'm feeling. I don't even know them, (laughs) which does not feel healthy or like a good way (laughs) to be moving in the world. 
but is very real for me. Yeah. Ian sounds like true to the classical definition of eights, too. It's just not Mm -hmm. one that I identify with. There you go. For me, the part that I don't identify with is the idea of eights being endlessly energetic and not wanting to rest and always being busy. This is not me. I love to rest. I think resting is the best. (laughs) I love rest and self-care, and I have always been that way and have zero plans to stop. (laughs) How do you think being an eight has impacted your relationships? I'm going to start my answer with an anecdote. Mm -hmm. I was talking about the Enneagram with some new friends here in Birmingham, and one of them said, oh, I have a friend who's a strong eight. I said, you're either an eight or you're not. (laughs) There are no Uh strong eights and weak eights. We're all or nothing. (laughs) Accurate. And I think how that comes across for me in relationships is that I am not for everyone. Mm. You either are wanting to be engaged in Abby or you're not about it, (laughs) which is fine. Either is fine. Either is fine. Because I think the people I connect with, we really connect on lots of different levels. And that has always felt really life-giving to me. Like the way that I make Mm -hmm. relationships, the level of intensity with which I am in relationship with people feels good. Yes. It feels like my life would be a pale imitation of a life if I did not have this level of intensity in my relationships. I feel that too, that the friends I have are really good friends. Yeah. It's not a halfway thing. No, it's ride or die, right? Yes. We're here or get out of the car. (laughs) Regarding my marriage, Andrew is a one. And we share our truth and justice proclivities. And lately, as I have been leaning into those aspects of my own personality, it has felt like a really strong Mm -hmm. and positive aspect to add to the foundation of our marriage. So I really love that. I love that, too. In terms of my relationships, I think recognizing myself as an eight has given me a lot of insight into communication with Neil. Even what I consider to be calm, reasonable discussion (laughs) comes across as fiery to him. Uh My toned down version is still a lot. (laughs) He is so calm and rational. I think he's a five that the ferocity of my emotions is very intense for him. Mm. Even if they are emotions that are not directed at him, I think in his body, it Mm -hmm, feels mm -hmm. like they are. And I don't think that means the way I respond is wrong, but it does make me think about how we talk about issues when they come up. It also makes me reflect differently on experiences we had when we were first Mm. together in college. There was a time when I was extremely angry about something that did not directly involve him. I was just wanting to share (laughs) my anger and my righteous indignation with my partner. And I think it really freaked him out how angry Mm. and intense I was because I don't think I come across that way Mm -hmm. initially or to most people. But then when there's something that sets me off, watch out. And that's a vulnerability too, is that being able to let that full range of emotions out. So it makes sense that early in your relationship, it had maybe taken a step in terms of how much you were sharing with him, Mm -hmm. that it would be sort of a new experience of Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It was indeed. What are your thoughts about how eights are viewed in society, both positively and negatively? 
I have definitely been told that I am aggressive, intense, and scary. Hmm. I view all of those things as a strength, but it is definitely not always viewed as such, especially because I'm female. I think people Mm -hmm. do not expect that in someone presenting as a woman. Yes. So it doesn't always work for folks. Yes, I agree. I think that male eights are viewed really positively. Mm -hmm. And often the initial reaction to female eights is negative. I think a reason I didn't see myself as an eight for so long is because of all that societal noise around what it means to be a woman or to be feminine. Mm -hmm. I think my innate personality is an eight, but as a shy, especially when I was younger, introvert, conditioned to prioritize these feminine traits, it took a while for me to see the eightness underneath as opposed to what I felt I should be out in Mm. the world. Mm -hmm. But now that I've seen it, I cannot unsee it. (laughs) Do you have any Enneagram 8 inspiration or characters from books, shows, movies, other things along those lines? Most recently, the characters that have stood out to me as Enneagram 8s are the protagonists at the beginning of the Vari McFarlane books that I have read lately. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, at the beginning of two of these books, there's a breakup of a Mm -hmm. long-term relationship. And then there's like a new romance that comes in, and that's the romance part of the book. But I really relish that first part after the breakup when these two female characters have basically been made to look fools by their long-term partners. And then, rather than taking them back, they step into their power. And that feels like Mm -hmm. so Enneagram 8 to me. It is so satisfying to read. (laughs) Yes. And that's also true in the most recent one, where there wasn't a breakup at the beginning, but there's a confrontation later in the book Mm -hmm. where I felt like she was really, this is what I need. This is who I am. Your feelings are your business. And I'm not going to engage with you in that. And that also felt very Enneagram 8. I love it so much. The one that stuck out to me was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Mm. You and I were texting about this after I read it. I felt neutral about the book most of the way through. It was fine. But I loved how vengeful she was (laughs) at the end. It really made the book for me. Generally, I find that I struggle with insecure characters in books and find them really hard to relate to. And my most recent example of this was Elsa in The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. She couldn't see the good in herself for so long, which Mm. I know was from childhood trauma in this case, but it was still really hard for me to read because I found it so hard to relate to what she was going through. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really struggle to identify with insecure characters as well. Let's end by sharing Enneagram resources for any folks who are interested. I don't have anything specific to recommend, but I will just say that I love to get on Instagram and look at hashtag Enneagram 8 (laughs) because all the memes that come up, I will not say that they all apply, Mm -hmm. but when a good one lands, it is very fun. Agree. Agree. I would recommend the Enneagram Institute. We'll link to that. It gives an overview of all the different types. And I can also link to a personality test that's free if you Mm -hmm. are interested in giving that a go. I was really 
interested in exploring the Enneagram a year or two ago and read a few different books. My favorite was The Honest Enneagram by Sarah Jane Case, who also runs the Enneagram and Coffee Instagram. I will say it was very repetitive. I listened to it and the intro of every type was very similar. And Mm. so that got a little bit old, but I think it's a great book if you identify what type you are to then go and just read that chapter. Or if there's Mm, a person in your life who's a certain type and you want to read about it, it's great for that purpose, but maybe not such a good read from cover to cover situation. Mm -hmm. That wraps up our conversation about the Enneagram. We obviously identify really strongly as eights, but we would love to hear from listeners if the Enneagram is something that resonates with you or not. and what your type is, and also if you have any great memes that you'd like to share with us. Please do. (laughs) Let's end by sharing what we've been eating lately. I have been really into cheese dip. I have made a lot of cheese dip this summer. Just the basic American cheese, half and half or milk, canned chilies, Mm -hmm. sometimes some spices. Sometimes I'm not even up for that. (laughs) Very simple. But... Lately, I have been adding refried beans to my portion, salsa, and then fresh cilantro on top and eating that with chips. Feels very elevated, has even more of an oomph to it. Feels like it lasts a little bit longer. I had it for dinner last night and breakfast this morning. Gourmet cheese dip. That's right. I love it. What have you been eating? I have yet another macaroni and cheese recipe to share. (laughs) This is one where you cook everything in one pot. Okay. My life has been feeling so chaotic with school and children and work. I was like, I don't need to wash another pot. So this is from Gimme Some Oven. First, you make a roux. Then you pour all the milk and water in, thicken it up a little. Then you put the pasta in and cook it till the pasta is al dente. Then you put the cheese in at the end. Okay. It's pretty fast. Came out really creamy, even though I used not freshly grated cheese because we had a bag of shredded cheese already. And sometimes that can contribute to the graininess. So, yes, like this recipe would recommend was a hit with my children as well. I love this cheese heavy food section today. (laughs) No one who listens is surprised by that. (laughs) That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Sorry, I'm just hearing the stomping. Our top. They're so loud. It's like you can't walk normally through the house just like a normal human. You have to just like clomp where you're going. I know. (sighs) It's fine. There just might be a lot of clomping. It's fine. Um, Clomping, meowing. I meant to put a note on the door that was like, ask dad with an arrow pointing next door. But I forgot. (laughs) Was he in y'all's bedroom? I love it. Yeah, he's working over there. Okay. So we both identify as type 8. 
And whoop. one of the parts of the Enneagram, did I say that wrong? No. What? I said whoop. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Raise the <Yeah>. roof, eights. <laughs> eights represent. And, yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm like totally off my game, Abby. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I did okay. get you off your game. I'm like, how do I say this without all of the curse words? 